You're listening to The Gary Harris Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. So. The Gary Harris Show. You see him host Tider Insider TV, Crimson Tide Kickoff, play-by-play for Alabama sports, and sports director for WVUA 23. It's time for The Gary Harris Show. Presented by Diet Pepsi on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Here we go. It's the Gary Harris Show, and it's not just any Gary Harris Show. It's the TGIF edition of the Gary Harris Show. Always fun, always exciting. My favorite day of the week. It's Friday. The countdown of the weekend is on, and we got a superb show on tap for you today here on Tide 100.9 FM. I'm your host, Gary Harris. I'm joined, as always, by Justin Jones right there on the other side of the glass. He's manning the controls, taking your phone calls on the First Domain Condos hotline at 205-342-9904. Yes, it's contest day. Bama football trip. Trivia. Boy, I put out that print that we're going to give away on social media last night, and it is hot. Also, of course, uh, Noah Haynes hanging out, and we had Wyatt in this morning helping out with uh, Wimp and Barry. We want to thank all the folks here that uh, when we're in the studio doing a live show, you hear us talking, and you hear these guys sometimes too, but we couldn't do it without the folks there in the control room. They make it run. So we're ready to go on this beautiful Friday. It is gorgeous, nice and cool out there this morning, splendid weather, all types of stuff to cover. Of course, SEC football, my point spread predictions and i'm struggling this year i'm not gonna lie about it can't lie about it you know it's documented every week struggling but we'll break it all down as i said bama football trivia i'll tell you all about this amazing print that we're going to give away uh, all everything we've given away to courtesy of t-town menswear and t-town gallery and university mall has been amazing but this one today is one uh that um is really something if you're a Bama fan, you're going to want to try to win and and uh, put on your wall in your Bama room or in your den or even in your living room. It is a beautiful autographed print by some of the biggest names in Alabama football history or recent history. And I'll tell you all about that uh, coming up. I'll tell you the guest list and... Um, kind of fill you in on what we got going on this morning. But first, I need to let you know, as always, this hour of the Gary Harris Show is brought to you by Alabama Credit Union. Member-owned and not-for-profit, it is just a better way of banking. I guarantee you that. And also, Alabama Credit Union, one of the biggest supporters of this community, is a presenting sponsor of the Tuscaloosa Toyota Classic, presented by Buffalo Rock, Pepsi, and Alabama Credit Union. Play is underway this morning at Old Colony Golf Club, and we'll wrap up on Sunday afternoon. A great, terrific local golf event on the professional tour, the Epson tour, which is the feeder tour for the LPGA tour. And it is underway today here in Tuscaloosa, beautiful old colony golf course, Alabama credit union loans for real life. Some rules and restrictions do apply. See if you're eligible for membership, then join today and feel good about your money and pull extra change in your pocket. All right, let me run it down for you. Uh, again, Adam Amin joins us on Fridays when he can, but he informed me last night that he is flying this morning. Uh, he's got the uh, Titans this weekend. And he's flying into Nashville, so he's unavailable. Chase Goodbread, sports columnist for the Tuscaloosa News, is uh, going to be with us at 9.15. So in the next segment, instead of the 9.30 usual first guest slot, Chase has got uh, an assignment coming up a little after 9.30. So he is going to be with us at 9.15 this morning. And then at 10.30, it's the Auburn Report with Brett Pritchard. That's it as far as guests are concerned because we're going to be busy this morning taking phone calls, uh, running our contest, uh, doing point spread predictions, having a lot of fun. It's Friday. I'm feeling it. I'm ready for the weekend. Also, we got the great weekend music that you only find here on the Gary Harris Show. Weekend-themed music is 
and exclusive of Gary Harris. Everybody else plays bumper music, but I play the weekend music on Fridays. Something to get you in the mood for the weekend and Alabama's trip to Mississippi State. Some quick news and notes before we get to Corey to lead us off on the first and main condos hotline at 205-342-9904. High school football last night. Let me tell you this, Jalen Mbakwe, the Alabama commit for Clay Chalkville is the truth. Five touchdowns as Class 6A Clay Chalkville upset, stunned Class 7A state champion Thompson last night. 36-33 in Bakway plays quarterback, plays defensive back. He's a one-man wrecking crew. What a win for Clay Chalkville. That is, and they're really good in Class 6A, in fact, but still, that's a shocker for them to knock off Thompson. But let me tell you something. He is the truth. Other action last night here closer to home. Tuscaloosa Academy beat University Charter School out of Livingston 42-20. to Other scores, Anderson over Piedmont 14-9. Huntsville beat May Jemison 53-25. Park Crossing over Selma 6-zip. Carver, Birmingham 40. Dallas County 7. Gulf Shores 37. Murphy 14, Cherokee County 56, Mumford 10, Highland Home 46, Brantley nothing, and Millery 28, Clark County 14. NFL last night, how about them Detroit Lions? These are not your parents' Detroit Lions. This team is for real, man. They are the real deal. And they went into Green Bay last night, put a whipping on the uh, on the Packers last night, did it in style, the Detroit Lions, uh, getting it done and uh, – they're a confident football team. In fact, they're three and one. Probably ought to be four and zero. Oh. They win last night, thirty-four to twenty, and um, you know that's uh, the start of a big NFL weekend. And uh, you know one thing about um, the NFL: it plays on Thursday night, plays on Sunday, and it plays on. Monday night, three nights a week. Jacksonville State, a big road win last night in overtime. The Gamecocks in college football move to four and one. They win at Sam Houston 35-28 with a second half rally. Good for Jacksonville State. They are getting it done. Also, it was Tulsa last night beating Temple in a one-sided game. The uh, Tulsa team's a really good football team. They win big last night over Temple. Of course, college football coming up this weekend, as we talked about, and we're going to break it all down for you. My SEC point spread predictions are coming up a little bit later on in the show. The Braves just keep on winning, even though they've clinched. Now they, uh, uh, their division, best record in the National League, now they've clinched all the way through the World Series. If the Braves make it to the World Series, they will have home field advantage. They win it last night, again, over the Cubs, sweeping that three-game series. All right, uh, in the Ryder Cup, USA got wiped out early this morning, about 1.30 Central Time. The first four matches all went to Europe. Oh, my gosh. What a disastrous start over in Rome for the United States. Trying to come back today, which is the afternoon matches over there. And I will tell you this, Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas are leading their match over Hovland and his partner. One up through, I think, 12 or 13 holes. But uh, still... The, the United States is in a hole, but to Thomas and Spieth are one up through 12 over Hovland and Hatton. All right, let's jump out on the first of main condos hotline, and Corey is going to lead us off this morning. Hey, good morning, Corey. Hey, Gary. How are you doing this morning? Doing great. Well, that high school game last night was insane because um, you, you thought that Thompson was going to win when they were up by a couple of scores, and then Clay Charfield came back, and I feel bad for that kicker, man. I mean, you get the onside kick, you're in field goal range, or you think you are, and just pulled it. Yeah, he missed it, but you know what? Like you said, um, it looked like Thompson was going to win, but then then it looked like Clay Chalkville had it wrapped up. So Thompson had to rally just to have a chance to tie there late. I'll tell you this. 
and we know what kind of program Thompson is, but I thought last night the best team won. I, I thought with and then no doubt Jalen Mbakwe was the best player on the field. I thought I thought Clay Chalkville deserved to win that game. I, I, I agree. I agree. I mean, when you score five touchdowns by yourself, all of them on the ground, you're the best player on the field. Yeah, no doubt I about tell it. You what, I'm sure glad he's coming to Alabama. Oh, boy, I tell you, he is something else. He is some kind of football player. And, you know, I think he may wind up playing defense here at Alabama, but uh, wherever you put him, he is a playmaker. He's one of those He's one of those special cats, man. He's kind of like a Travis Hunter in a way. That's high praise, I, but he has uh, – he has um, – both side of the ball potential. There's no doubt about that. He has a chance to be one of those guys that maybe can help you some on offense and defense. I agree with that. Um, what do you think of the Braves right now? I mean, they were kind of slumping. Now they're kind of getting back in their groove. Well, they're playing great again. They're back on a roll. Uh, the problem is, you know, even though they've they've proven they've got great depth in their pitching staff, man, they got a lot of guys that as good as they are, and they've won 102 games already. Um their pitching kind of Corey has been decimated a little bit. I mean, but they just keep on finding a way. And offensively, that team, they have it all, man. They have power. They can hit for average. They have speed on the basis. They're a good defensive club. So even with the pitching being a little bit uh, injured as far as the staff, yeah, the Braves are still that, – that's a that's a strong team, man. It really is. I. They should win the World Series, in my opinion. I mean, that's the, they've been the best team all year. Let's see if they can finish it off. Yeah, I mean, if they can get Charlie Morton back and a back straight healthy, then I don't see anybody really stopping them. I don't either, but that's going to be a big key, man. They need to have that pitching, that pitching hold up. They've had a lot of, a lot of guys go down. All right, what's your, what's your prediction on Alabama, Mississippi State this weekend, Corey? I'm going to go, I'm going to go uh, 35 to 10. Um, I think the defense shuts down Will Rogers. I would like to see a score more points, but it's a Jalen Miro's first road, true road game, and it's at night. Now, I will say this. Mississippi State is last in the nation in completion percentage allowed. So Jalen Miro could have a big game, but will we do it is yeah. the thing. That's a question, but uh, I listen, as I said all week here, man, I, I feel like Alabama really found something in that second half against Ole Miss. We'll find out tomorrow night, but um, I like this team right now, and I think they're only going to get better week to week, and I think we're going to see that tomorrow night over at Mississippi State, and I think Alabama's going to go in there and, and wind up winning this thing by, you know, about three touchdowns or so. Yeah, I agree. I agree, and and then next week's going to be a really big game because even if Alabama was a really good team this year, we always knew that Texas A&M game was going to be a massive game. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> and uh, it is. It's setting up to be a, a big one. And, um, you know, like I said, though, if you're Alabama right now, you got to take them. And we always say this, but you literally got to take them one at a time because there are going to be a lot of tough ones left. you got to navigate it week to week. you got to get through Mississippi State, and then you'll get ready to go to College Station. And next Saturday out there, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be crazy. There's no doubt about it. They're going to be, they're going to be hyped, and, and they're going to be loud, and that stadium is going to be shaken, literally. And uh, Alabama will have to be ready for it. But uh, first things first, and that's Mississippi State tomorrow night. Hey, Corey, um, before I get, to, I got to get to break here because I got Chase Goodbread coming up. Are you excited about this new look softball uh, coaching staff and roster? I am. Um, I'm, I'm very excited. Caleb Brock came back. Um, I think it brings new energy 
to the staff and hopefully this hitting coach can turn things around. Um, I, I, did you see our schedule? I glanced at it, I have, but I haven't had a chance. There's been so much going on, man. I haven't really, I haven't really. I think it's, I, I think it's very favorable. I don't remember everybody, but it's, for what I understand, it's very favorable mm-hmm. home and away. Mm-hmm. But um, I love the staff. Um, I don't really know a lot, a lot about all the players, but I think this can be a good team if everything comes together. Yeah, I think uh, I think they're going to be excited to 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 uh, to have uh, you know this team here, the fans. I think everybody's going to. I think this is kind of a turning of the of the page. I think this is a new chapter in Alabama softball. Hey, got to run, Corey. Thanks, my friend. Have a good weekend. Good. All right, we got to get to the break. It's 9.13. we got Chase Goodbread coming up in the next segment from the Tuscaloosa News. And then at 9.30, we'll be back on phone calls. So if you're calling, to, you know, hold tight. We're going to get to Chase Goodbread next, uh, talking Bama football and more right here on the Gary Harris Show. As much as Innisfree has evolved, it will always be that place to escape and have a good time. Whether it's for a game day weekend, to reminisce on college days, or to create new memories, if you're looking for a good time, there's only one thing to do. Head to the free at 1925 University Boulevard. And don't forget about the Lucky Lunch Meat and 3 special. Monday through Friday from 11 a.m. until 2 p.m., get a meat and 3 vegetables for just $8.49. Or for a lighter appetite, try the Lucky Lunch Soup, Salad, or Sandwich Combo. I'll see you at the free. Life doesn't wait for when your finances are in perfect order. It just happens. But no matter what surprise prices come your way, Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, and auto loans. They offer an easy application process and fast decisions so you can stay focused on feeling good about whatever life brings your way. Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, and auto loans. Alabama Credit Union, loans for real life. Visit alabamacu.com to learn more. Some rules and restrictions apply. See if you're eligible for membership, then join today and feel good about your money. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. The weather stays warm and dry today with a good supply of sunshine, the high 87, clear tonight below 63. And for the weekend, we are rain-free. Lots of sunshine tomorrow and Sunday. Highs between 88 and 91 degrees. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 69 degrees in Tuscaloosa. You see him on WVUA 23 covering sports and on Tider Insider TV on Tuesday nights. Don't miss a minute of The Gary Harris Show. Weekdays from 9 to 11 on Tide 100.9. All right, 9-16, welcome back in and... Uh, it's the Gary Harris show, the TGIF edition. You know, it's it's a uh, get you ready for the weekend Friday with our music. But uh, that song, in honor of Chase Goodbread, uh, I think he and Travis Ryer are the two biggest drive-by trucker fans that I know. Chase, you impressed that uh, Justin came up with some truckers for you? Very nice, very nice. <laughs> old school truckers, yeah. too, even better. I love it. Yeah, what is that? That's got to be that song's got to be twenty plus years old, right? Uh, not quite, okay. but well, hey, you know what? I think it is. Yeah, geez, you and I are getting old. Yeah, I guess. Well, there's no doubt about that, man. Um, what about Alabama football? You think they they turned the page in that second half against Ole Miss and found something that'll carry over to tomorrow night at Mississippi State? Yeah, that's a big question, and I, and I think the offensive line is going to provide the answer, uh, and maybe not completely against Mississippi State. We'll see, uh, but kind of a tale of two halves against Ole Miss. It was. Pretty messy in the first half. It was a little better in the second half. 
not unlike South Florida, right? They they, they played a little better in that sa- second half down in Tampa, also. Uh, so all things to watch there, but it really starts up front with that OL with this offense. They've struggled a lot. It goes without saying, I think, and um, they weren't perfect by any stretch of the imagination in the second half, but it did look like they were coming around. Yeah, it did, and I think. Uh... We saw that team in the second half, Chase, and don't you get the impression, though, listening to Saban, watching them play, that this is kind of what they want Alabama football to be this year, what we saw. You know, control the football. Obviously, don't turn it over. Those two- and three-yard runs started going for five, six, seven, and eight yards. Milrow was accurate in the second half. The defense was really got after Jackson Dart. I mean, this isn't going to be a team that's going to score 40 points a game. I mean, it's going to be in the 20s probably a lot more than it's in the even in the 30s, and they're going to have to uh, shorten the game some, take care of the ball, and, and win with defense, I think. Would you agree with that assessment? I would. I, I think. I think when you have those three and outs, and maybe you throw a turnover here, throw in a turnover here and there. Yeah, you, you put yourself in that position where the defense is going to have to play all the better. And it's starting to look like this defense might be good enough to do it. I mean, they, they've played very, very well for two games in a row now, and you know Mississippi State's offense is kind of finding itself still. It's a new scheme. Uh, Will Rogers has been a little bit up and down. He played a great game last week. But uh, with Mississippi State's offense, I think still kind of in flux and maybe not altogether uh, in tune itself, uh, it might be a good opportunity for, for Alabama's defense to put together another good one. I think so, too. Um, when you look at this team and, and the struggles that it's had early on, I, I want to take you back to whatever went into the decision to not play Jalen Milrow against South Florida, whether it was just to look at the other two quarterbacks, whether it was the way he practiced that week, whether it was his his um, effort against Texas, whether or not he and assistant coach, maybe even Tommy Reese, had discussions about the game plan, whatever it was. Do you think that's something that is going to benefit him and ultimately benefit this team this year? Do you think that's going to wind up working out in Milrow's favor? I don't know that it'll affect him one way or the other. Okay. I think that decision uh, to try some other quarterbacks against South Florida, sure, it got his attention. There's no doubt about it. Uh, doesn't necessarily mean his attention needed to be grabbed. He's a young guy. Um, he, he's, he's making some mistakes here and there that you don't usually see a veteran quarterback make and, and Alabama's doing what they can to try to make up for that. And, um, yeah, I think if we got anything out of that South Florida game, it's that Ty Simpson, at least to me anyway, going forward, looks like a pretty clear number two, which maybe wasn't altogether clear going into that South Florida game. Well, the run on quarterbacks that they've had here, um, going back to Hertz and then to, uh, Mac and Bryce all starting the NFL um, at the same time. It was inevitable that you're going to hit a, a a year where you didn't have that type of quarterback play. Now, I'm not counting out Jalen Milrow. I still think the guy can get better, and he's an incredible athlete. He may play in the NFL. Uh, but for this year, there's been so much discussion about him. Do you think he's good enough? Do you think he's good enough at that position to get Alabama ultimately where where it would like to go? I think he can be, um, but it, but it's a question of whether or not it's going to take weeks or or more than a season, right? I mean, these guys, these young guys that haven't started a lot, not just a quarterback, but at any position, they can look like a different player by the end of the season than they do at the beginning. And that's what Alabama needs from Bill Rowe. But again, 
Um, they need it up front too. I mean, the pass protection is, has just been brutal. There's really no other way to put it. Um, and you figure in the shotgun snaps issues that they've had, Gary, um, and, and the running game has been spotty. Uh, the offense hadn't done a whole lot to help Milrow, which is the worst combination for a guy that doesn't have a lot of experience. And so I think it's probably a little early to judge, frankly, uh, what Milrow can be. Chase Goodbread, sports uh, columnist for the Tuscaloosa News with us. The SEC has been so dominant, and mainly because of the way it's turned out with national championships. Let's be honest, that's what everybody's shooting for. But this year, at least so far, it's a good league. We know that. But outside of the conference, the SEC has taken some some whippings. And uh, there's a lot of question about whether this league is down a little bit. What do you think? I think it's down. I don't think there's any doubt about it. You look at what happened to the SEC in the first week of the season, um, what Utah did to Florida, for instance, what Florida State did to LSU, for instance. Uh, A couple weeks later, you know, Arkansas goes down to to BYU. I mean, it was was really kind of one after the other, just uh, loss after loss out of conference. And, you know, when it comes down to it, I guess in a four-team playoff, which we're going to be doing for one more year, uh, it's going to hurt you. Yeah. Probably hurt you even more, though, when they go to that 12-team playoff and people are slicing, dicing non-conference accomplishments and resumes for, you know, at-large spots and in a larger format. Um, but regardless, yeah, I, I think – I'm not sure Georgia's completely dominant. They've kind of sleptwalked through a few first halves this year, and they're at the top, right? So – yeah, we'll see. Uh, but certainly at this point, uh, roughly a month into the season, doesn't look like the SEC is nearly as strong as we've seen it in the past. Jay, since you mentioned Georgia and their schedule to this point has not been even, you know, we can't get any idea really about them. Uh, but they go to Auburn this week. Auburn's offense was putrid against A&M, and Kirby has owned the Tigers since he got to Athens. But talking to some Auburn people, they're – surprisingly optimistic uh, about their ability to keep this game close and and have a chance. You see any shot uh, for Auburn tomorrow against Georgia? If it were in Athens, I'd say no. Uh, and, and even in Jordan, excuse me, even in Jordan Hare, there's probably not a shot. But as we've seen in the past, Gary, sometimes Auburn just comes up with some magic at home. And they do have a good defense. The offense looks like a mess right now. Obviously, they didn't score an offensive touchdown against Texas A&M last week. So, you know, from that standpoint, uh, it's almost impossible to imagine Auburn moving the ball consistently against Georgia. I don't think that's going to happen. What I do think can happen is is that Auburn's defense might play well, well enough to keep that game um, fairly low scoring. And, you know, if they get a couple of turnovers and they get that home field momentum that they can get going down there, maybe it's close. Uh, but, but more than likely, uh, I think Georgia probably outclasses them. But, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to take a phenomenal defensive effort from Auburn for that game to be tight and late. 
Chase Goodbread from Tuscaloosa News with us for a couple of more minutes. Uh, Kiffin and Ole Miss, uh, man, talking about optimistic. I, uh, I've got a lot of friends over there in Mississippi from when I worked over there. And, man, I'm telling you, Ole Miss people genuinely believed that this was going to be the year they were going to get Alabama for the first time since 15. Uh, and Kiffin had a good feeling, the coaching staff, the team. And, uh, you know, that second half, Alabama did what it usually does against Ole Miss and, and more questions and answers now for the Rebels and Kiffin's under the gun a little bit. I mean, they're not going anywhere with that contract, but they get LSU coming in there tomorrow evening uh, to, to Oxford. And this would be a great opportunity for Kiffin and Ole Miss to, to finally get one of those, those wins against a really high caliber opponent. How do you see that matchup? Well, from the Ole Miss standpoint, I think you look at that game and, it, and, and it's uh it's a benchmark game when you look at what happened last year, right? Because last season, Ole Miss looked fantastic. Mm-hmm. They were 7-0 and at one point. Looked like they might have a decent shot of, of winning uh, their first division title ever. You know, that's never happened. And they, uh, uh, they're they sitting 7-0. and They go to Baton Rouge and LSU um, – disposed of them I thought fairly easily last year and that just sent Ole Miss's season off the rails because they ended up losing I don't know what it was maybe four out of their last five or something they end up losing to Mississippi State as well at the end of the year so uh LSU wrecked it for Ole Miss in a big way last year uh so now you know they got a they get a a shot to kind of redeem that a little bit and and see where they stand Health is a big thing for that Ole Miss offense right now, too. I don't think Quentin Judkins was 100% against Alabama. He certainly wasn't 100% a week before. Um, he's not quite right. Trey Harris, um, also a guy I don't think he was 100% against Alabama either. He's an outstanding wide receiver, so they got to get those right. Uh, they got to get those guys right physically. Uh, if they're going to have a good chance against LSU. All right, Chase, before I turn you loose, uh, you're down at the courthouse getting ready for a Darius Miles hearing at 10. What are the lawyers for Darius Miles hoping for here? Uh, well, it's it, it's an immunity hearing that's kind of a carryover from the last one. Um, and so, you know, what, the, what they're looking for, you know, obviously is – is uh, for Miles to be able to establish that self-defense claim uh, in the way they want to. Um, you know, we'll see what happens. But it's uh, it's been a pretty crazy scene. Um, it's actually an extension of the last hearing. It's kind of dragging out. But we knew we would. Uh, you know, this, this thing is going to take uh, months, um, maybe even over a year. I can remember the, uh, you know, the judge noted at one of these hearings I don't know, maybe a couple months ago that the, that the, uh, the, the trial was in its infancy stages, I think is the way he put it. Um, so it's, it's slow going, but we'll see. Chase, let me ask you this, and I know you're not a lawyer, but um, this is a, a, you know, people's lives are at stake. And with Darius Miles, a former Alabama basketball player, um, it appears, uh, and let me just get your opinion, has this, has this been handled sloppily by um, – the investigative team, I mean, you have you have gunshots fired. One of those participants was able to leave the scene. Uh, talking about the boyfriend of the young lady that, that was shot and killed. Um, just was allowed to leave, and now they can't get him back here. Uh, you know, is and this is a speculative question, but I'm just 
wondering how you have covered this a lot closer than I have. Do you think ultimately Darius Miles um, and his lawyers can can get this to the point where he may avoid future jail time? Uh, off the top, I'll reiterate what you said. I'm no lawyer. Um, this, this is kind of a new experience for me as a sports writer to be trying to cover this thing, doing the best I can. Right. I'm not going to say anybody's been sloppy at, at, at this point. Again, it, it's kind of early in the trial. I will say it's been pretty contentious, though, yeah. at times, which you'd expect, I suppose, uh, in a in a capital murder trial. Uh, but, you know, these attorneys are, are going tooth and nail with each other. Um, as a matter of fact, there was a pretty contentious exchange with uh, a witness from Birmingham that was uh, in the witness chair for the last hearing. Um, so, you know, it's uh, the, the stakes are pretty high. There's no doubt. All right, Chase, we appreciate the time, man. Know you got uh, a big day ahead of you, and I'll see you uh, in Starkville tomorrow night. Thanks, buddy. All right, thanks, Gary. Chase Goodbread from the Tuscaloosa News. All right, it's 930 here on the Gary Harris Show, and uh, I want to uh, remind you about a great place before the football games or any day to eat breakfast, lunch, or brunch. Brick and Spoon, Timerson Square, Tuscaloosa, one of my favorites. Still got to get my man Justin down there. The problem is when I leave here, you know, I don't eat early breakfast, eat later breakfast, so I go a lot of times, uh, you know, around 1130 noon to, to Brick and Spoon, you're still working. So that's, that's the pickle. I get my little midday break before I go to the TV station. I'm telling you, man, everybody that, that goes to Brick and Spoon absolutely loves it. It is incredible, I will tell you that. All right, we're going to take the break, and we're wide open. I'll come back. I'll fill you in on what time we're going to do the Bama Football Trivia Contest, and we can take more of your phone calls on the First Demand Condos hotline, 205-342-9904. I've also got to get a score prediction thread out uh, either today or tomorrow uh, on social media. I would love to know what you guys think are going to happen, you guys or ladies, think is going to happen tomorrow night over in Starkville. So uh, more great weekend music. And we don't have another guest until 1030. So we're just talking some sports here on the program. And we'll be back right after this on Tide 100.9 FM. Built to win. Ball game. Alabama wins. Built for championships. Heading for the pylon. Get the race. Wins the race. Touchdown, Alabama. Built by Bama. The Crimson Tide play here. Join us Saturday as the Crimson Tide head to Starkville to battle Mississippi State. Our coverage begins at 5. On your home for Alabama football. Brought to you by Birmingham Racecourse. BirminghamRacecourse.com. You can be a winner, too. National championship team covering a national championship team. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Elton John, Saturday night's all right for fighting, but not really. We, we want you to have fun. We don't want you to fight. So, um, but we want you to have a good time this weekend here on the Gary Harris Show. We're getting you ready. Hey, uh, the First of Main Condos hotline is open for business, 205-342-9904. Got a lot of people reaching out to me about the uh, Bama Football Trivia Contest. So let me go ahead and give you the details. We're going to do it at um, 
our second segment of the second hour, Justin. So we'll do it at 10.15, and maybe we can get Noah in here to help. We're going to do it for the entire segment, like we always do. And, again, what we're giving away, um, we give away great prizes, of course, courtesy of T-Town Menswear and T-Town Gallery and University Mall. And, and we've got another one. I'm really excited about this one. All of them, are, like I said, are good. But we got one coming up this morning that this is a limited edition, number 24 of 100, special edition, Greg Gamble's Crimson Comeback, 2017 National Champion Alabama team, 26 Georgia 23 in overtime. That's the second 26 game. Featured on the print are Tua, Ridley, Damian Harris, Mika Fitzpatrick, Jalen Hurts, um, Devontae Smith, Najee Harris, and it is signed, hand-signed, in gold ink by Tua, by Ridley, by Najee Harris, and by Devontae Smith. Of course, signed by the artist and numbered 24 of 100 special edition. It is gorgeous. You can see it on my Twitter page at Gary Harris underscore WVUA. And in fact, I'll retweet it to the top there so that um, um, I'll do that right now. Contest will be it. And also my Gary Harris WVUA 23 Facebook page. I'd love for you to follow me on Twitter and on Facebook. And I keep calling it Twitter. I know it's X, but for me, you know, what's it matter? I mean, we know what we're talking about, right? And I'm going to retweet this contest. will be at 10.15 this morning. But if you want to see this print, now listen to me. Again, we can't ship. I did, I did deliver prizes to two different winners this past Saturday at the Ole Miss game. And I'll try to work with you if you don't live here locally. Um, and you can't get by. I'll try to to work with you, but I'm not going to ship anything. I'm not going to mail anything, okay? But if you're local, obviously you can come by the studios here beginning Monday. Don't want to do it on Friday. It's too much going on here on a Friday. But uh, you can come by and pick it up, or I'll make arrangements to meet you or whatever we need to do. Or if you have somebody that can prove they're picking it up for you, uh, we will let you pick it up. Now, I'm going to tell Justin this. Get a note of the winners that we've had so far this year, because we already had three winners, I think. I don't want repeat winners, okay? And I appreciate um, everybody wanting to play the contest, but if you already won this year, um, it'd be easier if you just don't call in. Now, listen, if you've got, uh, granted, if you've got a relative or somebody like that, that's fine. But if you already won this year, I want to spread these these contest around not that you're guaranteed to win if you call in and qualify but if you qualify there's a chance and if you already won and we look at the look at the the, the list that justin's got and it matches up with you as a winner already then we're going to just respend the little computer roulette wheel and, and get somebody else so just keep that in mind keep that in mind i can't ship it to you i can't mail it to you and if you already won this year not last year but if you already won this year please allow somebody else an opportunity to win but that's coming up at 10 15 and uh, we can't wait for that. Also, in the second hour, my SEC point spread predictions. I will say this. I had a winning week, my first winning week last week, so I'm making progress. Five and four. I went five and four last week. And that, um, you know, I'd gone three and five, four and four, four and six. And uh, so five and four is an improvement. Not great. That puts me at, what, seven, 11, 16, and 
19. And I'm not proud of that, but I'm making progress, trying to get back to 500 at least. All right, let's jump out on the First of Maine Condos hotline, powered by First of Maine Condominiums in historic downtown Northport. And welcome in Joe from down in Dothan. Hey, good morning, Joe. Good morning, Gary. Thanks for taking my call. You bet you, man. Gary, can I can I just be my uh, get on my old man soapbox for just a minute? Sure. Gary, I just want to say I hope as far as this eight o'clock kickoff for the Alabama game, can can I just say I hope it's our first and last <laughs> eight o'clock kick? I just think it's absolutely ridiculous. And it won't kick at eight. That's the thing. It it'll wind up yeah. kicking. It'll be probably ten or fifteen after eight, eight before it actually kicks. The, you're, yes, sir. One hundred percent. It's so aggravating. I, I just I don't understand. And I know it. You know, television dictates all this stuff, but it's just. It's so frustrating, you know, when it's like, this isn't Pac-12 after dark. You know, we should not start a game past 7 o'clock at night in the in the central time zone. I just can't stand it. Yeah, I've gotten that from a lot of people. Um, and, and thankfully, it's not a long trip, but I'm going. So I will, you know, I oh, will wow. get back to Tuscaloosa. By the time the, the game, I'm figuring 1130 at, at the earliest the game is over, probably 1130. Then we've got to do post-game press conferences shoot a little something, and then drive back to Tuscaloosa. So I'm probably looking at, at probably around 2, between 2 and 2.30, getting back into town. So uh, now the, I guess the good news is tomorrow, Saturday, I've got, you know, I've got most of my day here. Uh, I'm, I'm, we're not going to leave until 4 o'clock. So I'll have a full Saturday at home before I have to go. I guess that's the plus side. But, yeah, I'd rather not be getting back at, you know, between 2 and 2.30 in the morning. But it is what it is. Yes, sir. And I, uh, I tell you, I'm optimistic. I feel good about the game. You know, I, the only thing that gives me pause, of course, is just, you know, it's our first SEC road game. How does the team respond to that? Um, how do we handle that? And I, I think it's important, Gary, uh, offensively. I really, you know, we've had these, these last couple games, you know, just the first half we've struggled. Uh, you know, I know totally different circumstances, but I really think it's very important to get, get off to a fast start offensively and, and, and don't pill around and let that crowd get into the game. Yeah, there's no doubt. Anytime you're on the road, um, you you would rather get off to a obviously a good start and not let the crowd because they're they're hoping just to be in the game in the second half. And I know they're a better team than South Florida. I'm not trying to say that, but the Mississippi State State fan base traditionally has been beat down. They're beat down already a little bit this year. They went to that LSU game with high hopes and they got hammered. And then they played much better at South Carolina, but they lost. So they're already 0-2 in the SEC. They're in their heart of hearts, they're not expecting this game to be competitive in the fourth quarter. So the longer you let them stay in it, the more that crowd is going to get into it. Those cowbells are going to be ringing. I've been there for many, many games. That's another one of those little stadiums that can get loud, and those cowbells are annoying. There's no other way around it. Unless you're a Mississippi State fan, cowbells are one of the most annoying sounds you've ever heard. And um, now they love them, but – You'd rather be in a position where you got those things, you got them shut up. And you know how you do that? You, you, you put the game away. If you're up, listen, I've been over there for close games, and I've been over there when Bama was up 30 in the second half. And when it's up, when the tide's up 30, those things aren't ringing very much. I'll be honest with you. No doubt. Yes, sir. <laughs> I appreciate you taking my call, Gary. Great Absolutely, sir. Joe. Have a great weekend, man. Appreciate you down there in Dothan. It is uh, 942 on the program. And Justin Thomas and uh, Jordan Spieth, now they're matched. They're only one up and uh, trying to get a point for the USA. Uh, they, the USA lost the first round of matches uh, 4-0. This is the second round. They're playing four balls. The USA's up in two, down in one, and tied in another. So to have any shot 
uh, not any shot, literally, but, you know, to make this thing where they can get back in it, they probably need to win at least two of these matches and get it to 6-2 or 5-2-1 and one because after getting wiped out uh, early this morning, our time, it's, um, you know, I mean, they got went out and got beat 4-0. They went out and got skunked, okay? I mean, that's, say what you want, but they got they got skunked this morning. That's not what you were expecting. Now, when I looked at the pairings for this morning, I was um, I was a little disappointed. I didn't think that Zach Johnson ran his best out there in the Friday morning foursomes. But am I still surprised at how badly the USA got cooked? I am. In the Friday morning foursomes, Rahm and Hatton smoked Scheffler and Burns four and three. Hovland and Aberg smoked Homa and Harmon four and three. Lowry and Straka beat Fowler and Morikawa two and one. And McElroy and Fleetwood beat Shoffley and Cantley two and one. So in other words, not a single match even made it to the 18th hole. The first two matches didn't even make it to the 16th hole. So when you lose and you don't even get a single match to the 18th hole? That's that's what you call getting smoked, folks. I mean, that's what you call getting embarrassed. Now, they're trying to come back in these Friday afternoon four balls, Friday afternoon over there in Rome. Obviously, it's still morning here. So the latest there is Thomas and Spieth are one up through 14. They were two up through 13, but they lost the 14th to Hovland and Hatton. That's a critical point. That has been the USA's best team recently in Ryder Cup play. Scheffler and Kepka are tied through 14 with Rahm and Hoggard. Homa and Clark are one up through 10 on McIntyre and Rose. And then Morikawa and Shoffley, a team that on paper you would think would be strong. They were down six holes through seven. McElroy and Fitzpatrick won six of the first seven holes. Now, they're still five down through 11. They did just win the 11th hole, but they are getting absolutely trucked. Five down through 11, they were six down through seven. I don't know that I've ever seen that. I don't know if I've ever seen in Ryder Cup a team down six down through seven holes. And they fought back to be five down through 11. But still, they got to win a lot of holes and they got to win them fast. That's just, that's incredible to me. So regardless, it looks pretty certain, barring some, well, listen, Morikawa and Shoffley aren't coming back. So Europe is going to lead after the first day. It's just a question of how much, and we'll keep you updated on that. All right, it's 946 here on the Gary Harris Show. We're going to get to the break. Before we do, though, I want to talk to you about my good friends at the YMCA of Tuscaloosa. I'll be headed over there when I finish my show uh, today for a Friday morning workout. The YMCA of Tuscaloosa located at 2300 13th Street. A lot of exciting news coming in terms of um, some 
renovations in the near future in terms of their equipment, although the, it's already beautiful and incredible. And they've got the outdoor workout area, which is phenomenal in this type of weather. They've got personal training, group fitness classes. So everything that you need to help you reach your fitness goals, they've got them. They have got them at the YMCA of Tuscaloosa. 2300 13th Street, or call them at 205-345-9622, or find out more online at ymcatuscaloosa.org. All right, we'll be back with the final segment of the first hour. Again, coming up in second hour, Bama football trivia at 1015. The Bama football trivia question, I'll ask it. You'll call in. If you're correct, you'll qualify. And then at the end of the show, we're going to give away that beautiful limited special edition print of the comeback, the Bama comeback from 2017 against Georgia to win the national championship. We'll be back after this. Weekday mornings at 6 a.m., the Martin Houston Show. Join us Monday as Kennington Smith III of The Athletic will join us to discuss Alabama's big win over Mississippi State. We'll talk the good, the bad, the ugly. He'll share his key takeaways, and then we'll turn our attention to the Texas A&M Aggies and College Station. We'll talk to you on Monday. Catch the Martin Houston Show from 6 to 7 weekday mornings on Tide 100.9. With Tosco's has been serving Mexican favorites like burritos, fajitas, and quesadillas since 1999. Their new location is at 4100 Owen Parkway in Northport. And, of course, you can find Los Tarascos in Tuscaloosa at 110 Skyland Boulevard. The bar areas feature big screen television so you can enjoy your favorite sporting events. Los Tarascos features daily happy hour specials. And for the best Mexican cuisine in West Alabama, Alabama. Remember, the name is Los Tarascos with locations in Tuscaloosa and Northport. Since 2011, Billy Sports Grill, located on Main Avenue in historic downtown Northport, has been serving their legendary signature chicken sandwich, award-winning wings, and handcrafted cocktails. Billy's is also the spot to watch all your favorite sporting events with big screen, high-definition televisions, both dining rooms, at the bar, and outside on the beautiful patio. Come by and say Hello to Kim and Lisa, the Billy's management dream team. Billy's good food, good friends, and good time. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. The weather stays warm and dry today with a good supply of sunshine, the high 87. Clear tonight, the low 63. And for the weekend, we are rain-free. Lots of sunshine tomorrow and Sunday. Highs between 88 and 91 degrees. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 71 degrees in Tuscaloosa. You're listening to The Gary Harris Show. Alabama Sports. Tide 100.9. And streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Oh, yeah, that Friday. First hour getaway song, one of my favorites, The Cure. Friday, I'm in love. Welcomes us back into the Gary Harris Show. We'll also get out of the first hour with that. And, uh, boy, I hope that Spieth and Thomas can hang on and, and, and win this match. Uh, it might be the only point that the USA gets. And, plus, it would it would really solidify, again, their reputation as the top two uh, Ryder Cup players for Team USA after the USA got whitewashed this morning. I mean, again, I can't tell you just how brutal that is um, that they came out in the Friday morning foursomes and got beat 4-0. Trying to make a little bit of a comeback in the Friday afternoon four balls. All right, let's jump out on the first domain condos hotline, and we got some time for Cowboy this morning. Good morning, Cowboy. 
How you doing, Gary? Doing well, my friend. You're going over to Stark Pack. I will be making the trek over on Highway 82 tomorrow afternoon. I'll uh, we'll leave here right around four o'clock. And as I said to uh, a caller earlier, probably uh, by the time the game's over around eleven thirty, and we do the post game, and we shoot our stuff, and we get out of there, it's probably going to be after twelve thirty. Between twelve thirty and one, so I'm looking at a two to two thirty a.m. Tuscaloosa return Sunday okay. morning. Gary, were you were you over there in that game? And I was there in 1996 when Coach Dollins got beat, and the guy was par- parachuting on the field. Oh, I, I don't mean to laugh about this. But you know, was- I was not. I think it was rainy that day. I was working. I was working in Meridian at WTOK. And I uh, was doing the Saturday night sports that night, so I was not at the game. But Mississippi State, uh, they beat us. Yeah, they won that they one. They beat us. And after the game, Jackie Sherrill said, well, you know, when you drink out of your coffee in the morning and that Mississippi State coffee cup, it's sure going to taste good, you know. But the notable thing about that game was, I think it was a late kick or 7.30 or 7 or so, somewhere, I don't remember, it was on the ESPN. But there was a guy parachuting in with the Army dudes over there. And that's before the stadium got that end zone down there and that uh, end opposite of where that field house is. And uh, he parachuted in, but he hit his leg and he broke it real bad. They had to delay the game. I remember Coach Stallings was over just fuming, you know, that the game was being delayed and we didn't play well. And I, um, I think uh, – Brady Kitchens tried to bring us back, but it it just didn't work out, and we got beat. And we didn't know it at the time, but that was going to wind up being Coach Stallings' last season. Didn't have a didn't have a right. clue. In fact, I think I think if I remember correctly, Cowboy, and you're like me, you're a little bit of a historian because, like I said, I was not at the game. And Justin Thomas just made a big putt. JT just <laughs> if there's the fist pump, he, he, they go uh, they go two up, and he. Uh, or maybe they just stay one up, but he just made a big one, and he's doing his uh, theatrics that he loves to do. So uh, hang on a minute, Cowboy. I'm gonna watch this again as he uh, he got on the European crowd a little bit. He turned to him to give him the give him the uh, give him the look. But uh, I think that's the game, if I remember correctly. At least that was what was reported, and and that there was a little bit of a I'm not gonna call it an altercation, but there was a disagreement between Bob. Uh, Bachrath and uh, Gene Stallings after that game. Yeah, I think that's the that's the legend I heard in the locker room. Yeah, yeah and that kind of started the uh, the move from uh, Stallings to uh, make the move to retirement. I, I do think had yeah. the administration been a little more in sync with how he wanted to do. he I think Coach Stallings would have coached a few more years. He was only, I think, 62 at the time and, and, right, uh, right. You know, when he retired. So he was, you know, he was an older coach when Alabama hired him because he only coached, he was, I think, 55 when he got hired. But he was still, like, only 62 when he retired. I bet you he would have coached. Well, I say that. I think also he knew, in addition to having a, an athletics director that he wasn't on the same page with, I think he knew, too, Cowboy, that, Alabama's talent was starting to to slip just a little bit. You know what I mean? Right, right, yeah. right. Yeah, he uh, he was a great coach. He's a greater human being than coach. Oh, outstanding! You know? But you remember Jackie? Because like I said, I was in Jackson. Yeah. Mrs. I was in Jackson when he got the job, 
And uh, then I was in in uh, Meridian when he, you know, when I before I moved to Tuscaloosa. But I remember, you know, he don't anybody fool you. He would have loved to have had the Alabama job. But I remember when oh, he first, Jackie yeah, that. <laughs> when he, he first got there too, Cowboy. You know, they of course they were big. Man, he he recruited the biggest offensive defensive lines Ooh. and i mean he always liked to needle alabama remember that when he would he would yeah. say well you know they're you know we're a power team and they're a finesse team he loved to um to kind of needle alabama and listen you know they had they had been beaten down by alabama so long that they didn't you know they hadn't won since 80 and before 80 they hadn't won in 20 some years so they hadn't won since 80 and when jackie got there um uh, you know he beat alabama a few times in right. fact, I remember the night, you remember 96, I remember 97 when they came over here in DuBose's first year. I was here for, I was at that game, and that James Johnson is still running. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, you know, Jackie's best teams really didn't beat us. He had a heck of a team in 92, 94. Ooh, oh, let me tell you something. That 92 team they had, um, whew, yeah, they almost derailed. That was a really good team. Yeah, the one team that he took to Atlanta, I want to say they had like four losses, didn't they, Cowboy? Yeah, I mean, they won the West, yeah. but I think they had overall, I think they might have had, you know. But yeah. he was, listen, he was a good coach. He was, And I, I, was. I, I think had he been at Alabama, he would have won big. I, I think this too, had he to do over again, he probably never would have left Pitt. Because you remember that team he left at Pitt was oh, yeah. loaded. Besides Coach Stallings, you know, I, I got my favorite Coach Bryant guy. I don't know if he'll be yours, but I just I – I would have loved to seen him coach Alabama, but he never did. But I don't know who your favorite guy is. But my favorite guy, if he had ever been in Alabama, I think the heights would have been unbelievable. Howard Snellenberger. I know some people may not like no, him. No, Howard Snellenberger could coach football. Could coach he could coach football. And I remember that beat down that Louisville put on put on Alabama and on Coach Stallings. Hey, listen, crank up the music. Yeah. Uh, Justin, we got to close it out, Cowboy. I get the top hour of the break. Right, well, What's your, give me a score, give me a score prediction for tomorrow night. Give me a score prediction. Oh, shoot. Uh, what, 34 to 17. They'll score some in the Yeah, I got 34-13, so we're about on the same page. Have a great weekend, man. You too, buddy. Bye-bye. All right, let's get out of here with The Cure. Friday, I'm in love. It's going to wrap it up for hour number one. It's been brought to you by Alabama Credit Union. Member-owned and not-for-profit. It's a better way of banking. Find out more at alabamacu.com. Alabama Credit Union, loans for real life. Hour number two is coming up. Bama football trivia at 10-15. Brett Pritchard with the Auburn Report at 10-30. More of your phone calls, SEC point spread predictions, and more. Stay with us right here on The Gary Harris Show. It's the Tide 100.9 30K Workday Payday. Win cash every weekday, 8 to 5. Here's this hour's cash code. 198. Again, that's 198. The code is 198. Enter that code now on the Tide 100.9 app. Click on the 30K Payday button and enter the code for a chance to win $30,000. Always live. Always local. Dependable news coverage. The latest news only from the Tuscaloosa Thread Newsroom.
A suspect is in custody after a stabbing occurred during a home invasion in Moundville this morning. Nicholas Lynch was arrested in what is thought to be an isolated domestic violence situation. West Alabama Republican Congressman Robert Adderholt is hoping the federal government will not shut down because of a budget dispute. He says it's all very fluid right now, and the goal is to get all 12 bills done and cut spending in a meaningful way. An Alabama commit, Jalen Nembakwe, scored five touchdowns for Clay Chalkville last night on his birthday. For the latest local news in Tuscaloosa, Alabama Sports Updates. And severe weather information, download the free Tuscaloosa Threat app. Never pay for your news and sign up for our daily newsletter with news updates. The Gary Harris Show. You see him host Tider Insider TV, Crimson Tide Kickoff, play-by-play for Alabama sports, and sports director for WVUA 23. It's time for the Gary Harris Show. Presented by Diet Pepsi on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. All right, here we go. Hour number two of the Gary Harris Show here on Tide 100.9 FM. I'm Gary Harris. Justin Jones is with me. Bama Football Trivia Contest next segment. The Trivia Contest, uh, we'll run it an entire segment. We'll qualify as many people as we can. And then uh, we will pick a winner at the end of the show and, uh, you know, make that announcement there. Brett Pritchard from the Auburn Blitz with the Auburn Report at 1030. More of your phone calls are welcome. At 205-342-9904. That's the number of the First and Main Condos hotline presented by First and Main Condominiums. All right. Uh, right now, I need to tell you this hour of the Gary Harris Show being brought to you by Patterson and Comer Law Firm. Integrity and excellence are the driving force behind the firm and its staff. And at uh, Patterson Comer, we invite you to contact us with any questions concerning legal issues that are a result of personal injury, wrongful death, product liability, or 18-wheeler accidents. Our business is to take care of your needs. Call Paul in Tuscaloosa at 205-345-1000 or call Mike Comer in Northport at 205-759-3939. We're available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Great lawyers, great gentlemen. PattersonComerLawFirm.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of services performed by other lawyers. All right. As I said uh, a little bit earlier, I'm monitoring the Ryder Cup hole by hole. And the USA is uh, is rallying a little bit here in this uh, afternoon session. They have been on a little bit of a roll here in the afternoon four ball. So right now, after going down, losing all four matches this morning and just getting decimated in the Friday morning foursomes. They are now leading three matches here. And Justin Thomas with a great shot there. Uh, They are up now in three matches and down in one. So the USA trying to rally here this afternoon. If they could get this thing to 5-3 after being down 4-0, you better believe they would take it in a heartbeat. And also... When you look at Thomas and Spieth, if they can win a match this afternoon, it would be uh, it would just add to their to their lore as the strongest Ryder Cup team. I'll even say this: uh, <laughs> Morikawa and Shoffley, they're not even going down without a fight. Uh, they were they were down six holes through seven, but they have come back and won the last two holes. So. 
They're only four down now. They won 11 and 12. I listen, they're still four down with five to plays. It still looks really good for the Europeans there. But Morikow and Shoffley, at least not going down with a, without a fight. Homa and Clark are up two through 13. And Scheffler and Kepka in the, in the closest match, along with Thomas and, and uh, Spieth, Scheffler and Kepka are up one through 15. They just birdied the 15th to go up one, and Thomas and Spieth are holding on to a one-up lead through 15 as well. And if they can win another hole coming in, it would be really, 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 really sweet for them. All right, a uh, little house cleaning here. Housekeeping is a better term because, again, I'm you know I'm not too scientific on my picks. We uh, we write them down and uh, pick them and... and um, I had said earlier, because I was just doing this on the fly, that I was five and four, but Chuck, one of our listeners, tracks every pick that I make. And he texted me and said, I think you were four and five. And I went back over it and he was right. So I do not have my winning week, Justin, after all. So I hit uh, I hit LSU winner, South Carolina winner, Missouri winner, and Tennessee winner, but I lost Alabama. Uh, even though I picked Alabama to win, I didn't pick him to cover. I took Auburn plus the points. I took Vandy plus the points. I laid the points with Georgia. And I laid the points with Florida. So I was four and five. Just want to make sure that we that we clear that up. All right, let's get back to football. We got time to put a, you know get a phone call in here in this segment before we go to trivia in the next segment. And we'll listen, uh, the one thing about trivia is once we're in the contest, uh, it's hard to take phone calls because the phone lines are lit up with trivia. Let's do this, Justin, while we got a minute here before we get to the break. Let's get to a clip from the Pat McAfee show yesterday. Saban is on there every week, and he does like 20 minutes on that show. I think the feeling is, obviously, that uh, it's a... um, hip show, younger demographic, and saving. So he gives them like 20 minutes. He had a lot of stuff yesterday on a lot of different subjects. But one thing that um, he talked about, and I didn't know, I didn't, you know, I heard a couple people say they thought it was a shot at Ole Miss and Kiffin. I don't think it was. I think it was more just him being who he is and saying what's on his mind is Justin Thomas faces a, a, a big putt here to tie the hole. If they if he misses this, they'll be tied. So this is a big putt. It looks to be about a four footer. These are the guy. I want to wait on this putt before I uh, get to to Saban and give you the play by play here. And he missed it. Wow. I mean, he missed it, and they're now even with. And that's one of those that you just have to make. That's one of those that will eat at you. So wow untimely miss right there. They're now tied through 16. That was a bad, bad miss after he hit that great, great chip. But anyway, Saban said that he thought Mississippi State would be the best team that they played so far outside of Texas. Here's that clip. Well, you know, first of all, you know, what I said in the beginning, we have to build on the fact that we have to get better execution on a more consistent basis. And this team is a pressure team on defense. They're pressuring all the time. They blitz all the time. They've got a lot of different looks. They do a lot of different things. So execution becomes even more important uh, because they're going to try to give you bad plays. You've got to minimize that. And then you've got to take advantage of explosive plays when you get the opportunity to do it. And 
this team really, to me, is better than all the teams that we played so far, except Texas in terms of the caliber of players, how they play, how tough they are, how physical they play. Uh, we're playing an SEC game on the road and a tough place to play. So this is not anything that requires any kind of a mental letdown. This is a build on the second half of what we did last week and understand why we did it and be able to continue to do it and not get frustrated in this game because of what might happen because they're going to create some plays, but we can't get frustrated. We got to keep playing the next play. We got to play for 60 minutes and that's what it's going to take in this game because they're a physical team. They're a good team. I mean, South Carolina game, they turned the ball over a couple times down the red zone or that's a different game. So this is a good team. You gonna have cowbells at practice all week? Is that what, is that what we've been doing? Noise is noise. You know, we can't manufacture cowbells, but we can't make noise. <laughs> uh. All right, there you have uh, Nick Saban from the Pat McAfee show yesterday, and uh, I, you know, I understand where he's at. Mississippi State is a good team, and uh, say what you want. I know they got hammered at home by LSU, but you know they. Could have won at South Carolina last week, and you can't. T- Alabama's not in a position where you can take any opponent for granted. That's just the reality of it. Can't take any opponent for granted, and has to be ready to play. And I tell you what, we're going to do in the next segment, Justin. I'm going to go ahead because we're going to be you're going to be qualifying people. You and know the phones going to be tied up. I'm going to go ahead and do my point spread predictions in the next segment. That way, I have I'll have that content while the phone lines are tied up, and. Um, We'll do it the entire segment before we get to Brett Pritchard at 1030. So coming up next, Bama football trivia with an opportunity to qualify for that beautiful special edition Greg Gamble print immortalizing the 2017 National Championship comeback victory over Georgia, signed, hand-signed by Tua, by Devontae Smith, by Najee Harris, and by Calvin Ridley. It's number 24 of 100, so it's something special. I'll just go ahead and tell you that. And we're going to qualify you to win it with Bama Football Trivia next, right here on the Gary Harris Show. Stay with us. Hi, Barry Buckner. You know. Tuscaloosa's Old Colony Golf Course is an 18-hole championship layout designed by 1976 U.S. Open champion Jerry Pate. Director of Golf John Gray and fitting specialist Bob Montgomery are PGA certified. Mike Shivitz is the head professional and director of the Tuscaloosa Junior Golf Program. Call today to secure a tee time at the Tuscaloosa Championship Golf Course. Everyone can play. 205-562-3201. Old Colony is operated by Para. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. The weather stays warm and dry today with a good supply of sunshine, the high 87. Clear tonight, the low 63. And for the weekend, we are rain-free. Lots of sunshine tomorrow and Sunday. Highs between 88 and 91 degrees. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 71 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Roll Tide, the best sports talk, period. Your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app.
that still sounds good. Justin breaking out some brand new Rolling Stones music. Uh, Mick is 80, but uh, when you can rock, you can rock. And uh, he and Keith Richards, Ronnie Wood, keeping it going on. Of course, Charlie Watts no longer with us, the great drummer. And, of course, uh, Bill Wyman, the legendary bass player, had retired years ago. But um, the Stones just keep on doing it, what the Stones do. New music from the Stones coming out October 20th. How about that? What was the name of that song, Justin? Do you have the name of the cut? Angry. Angry. Well, and you know what? Upbeat for being angry, but I like it. So, all right, here we go, folks. First and Main Condominiums Hotline, 205-342-9904. 205-342-9904. We're going to qualify you this entire segment. So we got like 13 minutes. And again, as Barry Sanderson said on Whipping Barry inside the locker room, I try not to make these too difficult because I want people to qualify. You know, I don't want to, you know, make a question and then we get three people that know the answer. But this is a good one. Uh, we know that Alabama has dominated, I mean, dominated the series against Mississippi State all time. I mean, it, it, the, the numbers are staggering. And it's on another one of these long winning streaks. Here's the question. Who is the last coach, the last Mississippi State coach to defeat Alabama? Who's the last Mississippi State, or when's the last time Mississippi State beat Alabama? Who was the coach? I guess we is a good way to put it, too. But who's the last Mississippi State head coach to have a win over Alabama? And there's some... I'll give you a clue. There's some there's some strong Alabama ties there. All right, who's the last Mississippi State coach to post a win over the Alabama Crimson Tide? Call now on the First Domain Condos Hotline, 205-342-9904, 205-342-9904. We're going to qualify you. We need your name and your phone number. And as I said, if you won so far this year, this football season, please let other people qualify because if we um, – because they're in a hurry down there, Justin and, and Noah in a hurry getting their names, so they may get you down. But if we catch it at the end and you win, we're going to go. We're going to roll, roll the roulette wheel again because we want to get new winners if we can. So if you've won already this year, try not to uh, participate if you don't mind. All right, again, the question one more time: Who is the last Mississippi State head football coach to post a win over the Alabama Crimson Tide? We're qualifying you right now on the First Domain Condos Hotline, 205-342-9904. All right, we're going to get to my, while they're doing that, I'm going to do my point spread picks. And as I said, I had an error in my, no, it wasn't in my math because I know how to count. I just um, I just looked at the <laughs> the sheet wrong. But I was four and five last week, which means, again, I, this is the worst start I've ever gotten off to. I've never had a, a losing record for an entire season, I don't think. And this year, I have not had a winning week. I had one 500 week. I've gone three and five, four and four, four and six, and four and five. Now, these are SEC point spreads only, as we've talked about. And uh, my gosh, John Rahm, just, I'm, I'm keeping this Ryder Cup on. He just, he just buried a bomb. I mean, he just, he just, it hit, the, it was going to go 10 feet past the flag stick, but he hit the stick head on and went in. And now that match is tied. And the USA is in, in, in jeopardy again of getting, I'm getting wiped out here. If they don't go, you know, well, this is actually a chip in. I'm sorry. He's chipping in from the rough, and Rom gets it right on line. It's got plenty of pace. In fact, it's going to go well past the pin, but it hit the pin dead square and goes in. Wow. Wow. All right. Uh, so I was four and five last week. So that makes me three, seven, 11, 15, and five. Let's see, 15 wins. Five, nine, 15, 20 losses. So 15 to 20, I'm struggling. But here we go. This week's keep picks. All right. Alabama 
laying 14 and a half at Mississippi State. I got Alabama, and I picked it on Tuesday night for Tider Insider, 34-13. I think they're going to build on that momentum from the second half against Ole Miss. I think we saw in the second half the way this Alabama football team wants to play. And I think that uh, we'll see an Alabama team that's going to go over there to Starkville, Mississippi, and take care of business. I like Alabama in this situation. Uh, I'm not a gambler. As I said, I do this for fun. If I were a gambler, I'd probably buy that half point and get it down to 14. I think that half point could be a, a little bit of a sticking point. I got Bama winning by 21. And if it's 21 late, Mississippi State adds a touchdown. Remember last year, they didn't score until the, literally the final play of the game. So if they were to, let's say, be down 34-13 and then they score late, make it 34-20, then you lose your pick there. But I'm going to go with uh, I'm gonna go with the Tide. All right, this Auburn team is, is um, catching 14-and-a-half at home. And Georgia, we're kind of waiting to see what they do in a big environment. And this Auburn team is going to be fired up. But I just don't think they're very good. I mean, they were fortunate to win at Cal. They Their offense was terrible at A&M. And Justin Thomas just missed a putt to win the hole. And it was not, um, it wasn't a really long putt. I mean, he just, again, that putter has has hurt him. But it, they, did, they did tie the hole. So they go to... Uh, Either the 17th or 18th, I'm not sure, even. I mean, that was a putt that hmm, he needed to make that, but he didn't. So they're still they're still even. All right, here is um, my feeling on Auburn and, and, and Georgia. I, I'm not sure about Georgia, to be honest with you. But, and that had, again, that's a big half point. But I, I think Georgia understands now where they're, where they're going with their team and they're in the SEC play and they want to make a statement. I'm going to, I'm going to lay the 14 and a half here. I just think that Georgia is a lot better than Auburn. Kentucky at home against Florida. You know, for a long time, Florida had Kentucky's number. I mean, had it bigger than, you know, you can imagine, but Stoops and company have, have checked that a little bit. This is going to be a close game. I think Kentucky opened at three. They're now minus one. You can go back and forth on this game. It's in Lexington. Really liked what I saw from Florida against Tennessee. I'm not sure on Kentucky, but I'm going to take them at home. I'm going to take Kentucky plus or lay in the one. A&M and Arkansas, Aggies are minus six. This has been a close game usually. Arkansas could have beaten LSU last week, but they didn't. But I'm going to take the points here. Uh, you know, A&M's got Alabama next week. This might be a situation where they're not looking ahead, obviously. This game's at uh, Arlington at, at AT&T Stadium. But I think Arkansas can play with them on Saturday. All right. Missouri's trying to prove that they're legit. They're trying to prove that they're the real deal. They're 4-0. And now they catch Vandy to open SEC play. You couldn't ask for a better opportunity for them. It's in Nashville, but if Missouri is going to be the real deal, they got to go in there and cover that 13. So I'm going to lay the 13. LSU at Ole Miss. 
LSU laying two and a half on the road and call me crazy because Lane Kiffin in big games, he just doesn't, as we know, he just doesn't win them very often. But the heat is on. I think Lane Kiffin's going to do his old boss, Nick Saban, a favor. So I'm going to take the Rebels here plus the two and a half. Carolina at Tennessee. Last year, Carolina applied the beatdown that ended Tennessee's national championship hopes. Tennessee remembers that. They always talk about payback, but I'm not sure that Tennessee is good enough to blow out South Carolina. I certainly think that they could um, win the game, and I think they will win the game. But Carolina's catching 12. So I'm taking the Gamecocks plus the points here. And again, I don't feel good about these. And I'm not making excuses. I'm just saying to you, you know what? Most of the people that do these point spread picks, they pick out games they like. You know, they go through the entire schedule and they pick out, you know, five games that they really like. That's generally what you do because you're trying to, you know, hit them. I just do the SEC games every week, regardless of who they are. And a lot of these games, if I were gambling, I would not bet on these games. I'm just being real. Real, real blunt with you. I wouldn't. I wouldn't bet on a lot of these games. Um, I just wouldn't. But I do it for fun, and I pick all the SEC games. So recapping, I got Bama minus the fourteen and a half at Mississippi State. Georgia minus the fourteen and a half at Auburn. Kentucky minus one at home against Florida. Arkansas plus six against A and M in Arlington. Missouri minus thirteen at Vanderbilt. Ole Miss plus two and a half at home against LSU. And South Carolina, plus 12 at Tennessee. Those are my seven picks. Tomorrow is our first Saturday of all SEC versus SEC matchups. So we're looking forward to that. All right, we're going to go ahead and qualify people for two more minutes. So we got two more minutes. Again, our Bama football trivia question contest presented by T-Town Menswear and T-Town Gallery in the University Mall. Who is the last Mississippi State coach? to record a win against Alabama. You got time to get in, 205-342-9904. We're going to run the contest for two more minutes, and then we're going to go to the break, and we are going to come back with Brett Pritchard from the Auburn Blitz with the Auburn Report as Justin Thomas hits his tee shot, and he is short of the bunker, so he should be okay. And it won't be a perfect tee ball, but it's okay as the team of Spieth and Thomas need to win this 18th hole to get a first point on the board for Team USA. They got smoked this morning, so they are down 4-0 after losing badly in the morning foursomes. They're trying to make a little bit of a comeback in the Friday afternoon four ball, but uh, none of that is a given. Here's Jordan Spieth's tee ball. Thomas is short of the bunker, not in the fairway, but should have a pretty good shot. And then Spieth is headed left as well. Let's see where he goes. He's in the rough, rough. So this might be Thomas's hole to have to uh, try to post a win. Wouldn't that be sweet? All right, one more minute on our contest, and uh, the phones have been ringing off the hook. I said I'd go to, uh, I'm going to go to 1028, and we're almost there. I'm counting it down. We've got, uh, all right, we're going to, if you're on hold, we'll get to you. Right now, we're shutting down the phone lines, and we'll come back and let you know how many qualifiers we had. And then, of course, we'll give the answer and, and uh, 
roll the roulette wheel for a winner at the end. But coming up next, it's the Auburn Report with Brett Pritchard from the Auburn Butch. He'll break down Georgia-Auburn tomorrow, the South's oldest rivalry. That's coming up on the Gary Harris Show. Phone lines are shutting down right now. We'll be back after this. Covering University of Alabama sports, as well as the national and local scene as well. The Gary Harris Show, only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. today and you understand why we would have gotten it on but it's hectic in there when we're running a contest and the phones are still ringing off the hook i'm sorry we had to shut it down uh, we'll get you the number of qualifiers here in a moment uh, but um again um we would have loved to have gone longer but we also have to do a radio show so one segment's about all we that we can dedicate again i know it's a great prize and everybody wants an opportunity to win we qualified as many people as we could i'm sorry we had to shut it down we would have uh you know, probably would have liked to have done it two segments, but it's just it's just too difficult. All right, Ryder Cup update. And again, uh, the USA got got absolutely whitewashed this morning in the Friday morning foursomes 4-0. So they're trying to come back. Um, Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth trying to do what they do, which is get the USA's first point. Unfortunately, JT missed a short one on 16 that if they if they have or if somehow they lose this match, he's going to he's going to regret that one. That was maybe four feet at most. He pushed it right. They had a one-up lead at the time. Uh, they needed that to have the hole and keep their lead. He missed it. And uh, now Scheffler just made a big putt, I can see, to get uh, to put the USA back up through 17. So Scheffler, uh, after Rahm had chipped in, Scheffler made a big putt. So the Team USA leads that now one-up going to 18. Thomas and Spieth are tied in their match. Homa and Clark are two up, and then Morikawa and Shoffley are four down with four to play. So they're obviously running out of holes. But if the USA could get this thing back <clears throat> to 5-3 or even 5-2-1 and one, uh, or even 6-2, uh, you know, they'll have a chance. You don't, you go down 8-0 and, and you are, uh, you're cooked. All right. We've been buying a little time to get the phone lines cranked back up. Now, there we go. Good job, Justin. Bring him in here. We got Brett Pritchard from the Auburn Woods coming in for the Auburn Report. We're going to break down the South's oldest rivalry with our Auburn guy. All right, Brett, thanks for holding on there. You, you've, you've been doing this enough now with me that you know when I'm running a contest, it gets crazy around here. But uh, we shut it down and we're ready to go. Good morning. How are you? I'm good, buddy. You doing okay? Yeah, man. Just, just, uh, Biting my fingernails here on this this Ryder Cup. I sure don't want to see the USA get down too big. They need Man, to. Uh, it's been a long drought. Yeah, because I mean that 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 morning, and I wasn't. Listen, I didn't get up at one thirty five in the morning to watch it. But when I got up this morning and saw they had gotten cooked four zero, I was like, ouch. That that'll leave a mark. Yeah, not a good not a good start. Sure. And here's here's Justin Thomas his approach. Maybe he'll hit it in here close and and because uh, he missed that short one on sixteen. But uh, let's see what he does here, Brad. I'll do a little play by play. Right he's, hitting, he's hitting a draw in there, and um, I don't see it. So it must be a five par because they're all they're all way back. So anyway, all right, um, we got football to talk about, and we got the South Southwest robbery. You're an Auburn guy, so tell me how weird does it feel? I still it still just doesn't feel right that this game's in September, and not November, to me. But it is what it is. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> you know, I, I think. You know, several a few years ago, Auburn was 
a little bit. Uh, I, with the way the, the playoffs and everything kind of lined up, they wanted to try to move Georgia up to, you know, a little bit and, uh, you know, not have it back to back with Alabama. Uh, you know, the possibility of, you know, what happened in 17, you know, you play, you play Georgia, then you play Alabama and you turn around and play Georgia again. And if Auburn would have won that game, had to turn around and play, uh, one of those two teams, probably Alabama in the playoffs. I mean, it just, so it, it kind of made sense, but when sure. you moved it up, now you put Georgia and LSU back to back. So you know, it's kind of like choose your poison. Uh, what, what do you want to do? And so it really didn't. I don't think it achieved kind of what they were hoping for. But nevertheless, um, you know, that's the way the schedule is, and you're gonna have to play those teams every year uh, if you're Auburn. So uh, I don't know that it really matters at this point. But yeah, it is different. Uh, always growing up, used to. Um, having to wear, you know, uh, warm clothes to go to that game because mm-hmm. uh, most of the time it was cold. And uh, the trips I've made to Athens uh, over the years have been uh, always chilly. So, uh, but it took away a little bit of that. And uh, But, you know, you, you prepare now. There's a lot of things changing, Gary, in, in college football. So we're not as attached to things like we used to be or, or we once were. But, um, you know, Auburn looks at this football game and, uh, they look at a Georgia team that, you know, they haven't beaten since 2017, and they've only beaten twice since uh, uh, 2011. I mean, you look at 2013, 2017, and, you know, you really look at a, a long drought for, for this Auburn team uh, against Georgia. And, you know, this was a rivalry that, that was always close in points, close in, uh, you know, uh, the scores every year. And, you know, there was a lot of things that were – that were similar in this thing. And for a time, it was always the road team that had the upper hand. It was a weird deal. Uh, the, the road team would, would, you know, was on a winning streak, but that's, that's long gone. And, you know, there, there's probably never been a bigger gap, unfortunately, sitting here covering Auburn, uh, to say between these two programs than there is right now over the hundred years that they, these two schools have played football. And, you know, I think Auburn's been through, um, you know, the, the different coaching changes and the different, uh, things that have happened, and they've caught lightning in a bottle a few times and been able to win that game. But but consistently, uh, since Mark Rick was there and then, then Kirby Smart, Georgia's had Auburn's number, and I know Auburn fans are sick of it and uh, the program's sick of it. So Coach Freeze coming in, uh, I think he made mention last night on Tiger Talk that, you know, somebody asked him a question about, you know, competing, and he said, well, I hope, you know, by year three, this program's competing with every single program in the country. And, and I think that's the real reality of what we're looking at, Gary. And we saw that uh, maybe this past Saturday against Texas A&M is that, you know, Auburn's roster just isn't there. And, um, you know, it's not a cut on the kids. It's not a cut on any one person. But you're not going to be able to really judge anything that goes on this year and, and hold that against Hugh Freeze and this coaching staff. I mean, they're doing everything they can with what they have. And I think, yeah, at the end of the day, they, they still want to be competitive. They want to give themselves a chance to win games. Uh, but, you know, we all know what makes this league go around and his players. And, you know, that's what he's working and concentrating on right now. And Auburn's been very deficient uh, recruiting the last couple of years. And it's starting to show up right now. Having said all that, and I thought that was a great synopsis of where Auburn's at and where this 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 rivalry is at. It's still, though, it, it is a rivalry. Auburn is at home. We know we've seen Jordan-Hare magic in the past. And I think 
as silly as this sounds, I, I think that um, I think the jury's out on Georgia. I understand what they've done the last couple of years. I know they're four and zero. I think they're probably thrilled with Carson Beck. I mean, he's throwing, you know, for three hundred yards a game, just about on average, close to it. But they haven't really played great competition. They hosted South Carolina in Athens and and were down in that game at the half, only won it by 10. And then last week, I thought they would just annihilate UAB after what I'd seen from Trent Dilfer's UAB team. And they won 49-21, but it wasn't the, you know, the 52 to nothing or, or something like that. I say that to get to my point. I'm sensing there's still some optimism with Auburn people. That hey man, if we can we can hang around, uh, get this game into halftime, and it's like I said about South Florida when they played Alabama. I think if you're Auburn, you're, if if I'm Hugh Freeze, Brad, I'm saying, listen, man, this is a 30 minute game. This is a 30 minute game. You know, we if we're in the game at halftime, then we'll you know we'll say, hey, we can beat these guys. I don't even think about the second half. I'm just thinking about getting it to halftime at home and not being out of the game. Is that fair? Is that a good way to approach it, do you think? No, I, I think you summed it up really well because if you look back, uh, you know, Georgia opened up with UT Martin and um, they only scored 17 points uh, on UT Martin in, in week one. And they went scoreless against Ball State in the first quarter. Uh, they ended up, of course, turning it on there in the second quarter and uh, really kind of cruised in the second half. But, you know, you look at the South Carolina game, they kicked the field goal in the first half. Uh, they have struggled in the first half. They scored 28 uh, points, I believe, last week in the first quarter, I mean, in, the, in the first half against UAB, but it was 28-14 at half. So they they are, there. there is some, uh, you know, this is not the overly dominant Georgia team that, that we've seen, you know, maybe perhaps from a defensive and an offensive standpoint, the defense is still really good. And, you know, the one thing that you look at with Georgia, you know, you just read off Carson Beck's numbers, but, you know, the running game's where it is for me with Georgia. Georgia still has a big offensive line. They're they're strong, they're physical, and when they want to run the football, that's what ultimately won the game for them against South Carolina is they were able to start moving the ball on the ground and controlling the line of scrimmage and, you know, that's where Auburn's been beat the last few years with Georgia. Just physically up front, have not been able to 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 stay in the football game against those lines of scrimmage that Georgia's had. And, you know, I think that's going to be another struggle again uh, t- tomorrow. I think Auburn, you know, showed some weaknesses against Texas A&M. Uh, for whatever reason, Peyton Thorne just has not looked comfortable in the pocket. He took way too many sacks. Now, some of that wasn't his fault. Uh, some of that pressure was was on top of him right when he got the football. But there were other times that he had opportunities to decide what he wanted to do, and he just didn't pull the trigger. And, you know, he just kept taking sacks. And I think that's what Coach Freeze was talking about. You cannot continue to take negative plays, especially when you start getting down there uh, in scoring position to knock yourself out of field goal range to try to get some points. So um, I think it's been frustrating trying to navigate uh, this quarterback carousel. Uh, I think they want to give the job to Peyton Thorne. I just think Peyton Thorne still, for whatever reason, is apprehensive in decision-making, and it's costing him. And it's costing the offense because uh, it, it takes uh, some semblance of a threat in the passing game to get your running game going. And I think Auburn has a strength in the run game. But if there is no threat to throw the football, uh, then, then they're going to stack the box and, and they're going to dare you to throw it. And, and that's what Texas A&M did. And Texas A&M had a tremendous front. On defense, a uh, very talented team, and Auburn's going to turn around and face another team that's just as talented on the front uh, tomorrow. 
So, Brett, what's what's the key for Auburn to get this game, like we said, into the second half, uh, where the fans are still in it, and the, you, you might can get some Jordan here magic. How does Auburn stay in the football game? Uh, what's the key to maybe you know having well, a chance to pull an upset? I, I think it's the the same keys for any team that's an underdog that that's overmatched uh, on on the other side. I think number one, you got to play mistake free. You can't turn the football over and give them a short field, or it won't be a game very long. Uh, you gotta, you gotta take your wins when you can take your wins. And, you know, I talked to uh, an old high school coach, uh, for a long time and met with him, uh, on a weekly basis back when he was coaching at Benjamin Russell and Danny Horn. And Danny Horn used to tell me, he said, look, you know, sometimes a win on offense is not necessarily scoring points, but it's sustaining drives and playing field position. And I think Auburn needs to do that. And I think Auburn's defense can, can really keep, uh, them in this football game. I think they're playing really good. Uh, and again, I think Georgia's shown some, some chinks in the armor offensively. Uh, so they can't give up the big play, Gary. They've got to make them drive the field. Uh, and, and again, that's the field position game. So I think Auburn's really got to do uh, the small things to keep themselves in this football game. And like you said, if you get into the latter part of the third quarter going into the fourth quarter and it's a one score or maybe a two score game, I don't think you could ask for much more than that. So uh, <clears throat> turnovers, and Auburn has not been able to, to protect the football here lately. And the one thing I didn't mention was penalties. And that kind of goes into, you know, field position and, uh, you know, pre-snap penalties and, and things that, that put you behind the chains that will allow this defense to kind of pin, pin their ears back and come after you. Um, Auburn's got to stay ahead of the chains there on offense to, to give themselves a chance. Brett, uh, Chizik was the last defensive coach at, at, at Auburn, and you had uh, Malzahn and Harson, and now you got Freeze. And Freeze and Philip Montgomery um, seem to have a great relationship, but already this week there was hints of, you know, I'm an offensive coach, and I'm very pleased with the job Phillip's doing, but it sounded like he, he opened the door a little bit to maybe call some plays, uh, are we going to get into that deal again with Auburn, with the head coach and I, I offensive coordinator not. going back and forth? That, well, we we actually talked about this a couple of times already this week on the show, and and, and uh, I just think it brings way too many bad memories back of Gus Malzahn handing the reins off and then pulling them back, and then handing them off and pulling them back, and. I think ever since I've been doing this show with you, Gary, it feels like that's all we've talked about is indecision and identity crisis for Auburn on offense. And, you know, it's just hard sometimes for some of these guys that are head coach that have done this their whole life. And we, we kind of use this analysis on our show that, it, you know, it's, you're not meaning it offensive. You're not trying to be derogatory, but you sit back and you go, man, I've done this my whole life. I, I know what needs to be done. You know, and I don't like the the way the guy that I've hired is doing it, so I'm just going to step in and run it. And you know, you got to make a choice at some point in time to have confidence in the guy you hired to run that offense. And I can't remember where I saw it this past week, but they were talking about multiple coaches that were former offensive coordinators that have had to just absolutely step away from calling plays because of NIL and everything that goes on with running a program now that they don't have time to do the play calling and be responsible for that stuff that they have to be doing other things that their attention is, is kind of driven to. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping not Gary, again, it, that, that brought up a lot of 
doubt in a lot of people's minds with that comment from Freeze. And, you know, we'll see. But I don't think you need to start getting into a back and forth at this stage. I think you need to let Philip Montgomery call the plays. I think he needs to have confidence in that guy. And, again, you can't really have a knee-jerk reaction this year based on results. I think you got to go, okay, look, we, we know we're deficient in some areas. We know we are going into a lot of these games not favored to win. So let's just see what we can do. Let's see if we can be comfortable in our roles. But uh, that that sure did bring up doubt for sure. Defensively, though, Auburn has uh, has been good. And um, I think that's why probably there is optimism about this game tomorrow is that this defense can, can keep um, – keep the Tigers in the game you, you have to be encouraged with what you've seen from that side of the ball I think Ron Roberts has done a really good job I think um you know some guys that stepped up Marcus Harris has really been playing well I thought Larry Nixon came in last week and you know really showed that he's another viable person there at the linebacker position and Eugene Asante just really has been a pleasant surprise for this defense um and, you know he just continues to be a force and had that that scoop up and score uh, last week to keep Auburn in the football game and um, you know and this defense continues to get more and more confident and uh, they're they're proving that they can they can cause problems for for anybody so um, it's going to be a good test for this defense against Georgia again I don't think this is one of the better offenses that Georgia's had but it's still Georgia and they still are very talented but on the flip side Georgia has to take. Um, you know, take their game on the road for the first time this year. All right, give me, yep, give me your prediction. First start on the road. That's so. true. Yeah, absolutely. All right, give me your prediction. Uh, uh, <laughs> you know, it's just going to be uh, again. I think it's going to be tough. Going to have to have some help. I think Georgia wins the game, and I think they win it probably something like twenty-eight to to fourteen. All right, my friend. Um, it'll be it'll be rocking down there tomorrow afternoon. I know that. Have a good weekend. Thank you. All right, Brett Pritchard with us from the uh, Auburn Blitz. All right, update on the Ryder Cup. Uh, Justin Thomas on the par five almost hold his chip for eagle, which would have won the hole, but he hit it in there about three feet. But then Hovland right in front of him made about a, I don't know, a 25-footer for birdie, guys and ladies. And Justin made his putt for birdie, but it wound up having the hole and tying the match. So it's the first non-loss for Team USA, they get a half point, but not the full point that they were hoping for when they were when they were um, one up through 15. And Justin missed a short one on 16, but he made a short one on 18. But that chip almost went in. But then Hovland made a made an incredible putt. I mean, there's no other way around it. It was it was a right to left 25 footer, and he just died. You know, it just died in the hole. I mean, it it, it almost hung on the edge. I mean, it was an unbelievable putt. And we know that's what the Europeans have been able to do in Ryder Cups, especially in Europe, is they've been able to they've been able to <laughs> make putts. And now Team Europe did uh, McElroy and Fitzpatrick just closed out Morikawa and Shoffley. So they now lead five and a half to half. And uh, anyway, we'll take a break and we'll be back to wrap up the show. Orlando, we'll... we'll Announce our winner and give you the trivia answer right after this. 
Coming up, Coming up on The Game with Ryan Fowler. Coming up on the Friday edition of The Game, we'll do our SEC Parlay Pick Contest presented by Brian Harden Construction. We'll talk to Aaron Torres, Fox Sports National Analyst. We'll talk to Lee Sterling, have a chance to visit with him, a professional handicapper, Brent Beard, and we'll get you ready for Alabama, Mississippi State, all starting at 2 o'clock here on The Game on Tide 100.9, the home of Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. Longest-running sports program in Tuscaloosa. The Game with Ryan Fowler. Weekdays from 2 to 6 p.m. on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. The weather stays warm and dry today with a good supply of sunshine, the high 87. Clear tonight, the low 63. And for the weekend, we are rain-free. Lots of sunshine tomorrow and Sunday. Highs between 88 and 91 degrees. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 77 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Where the season never ends. This is your home of Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Uh, 10.54, JT was almost a hero again as we wind down the show for the Team USA. He nearly holed out for Eagle on the par 5 18th. Then he left himself a three-footer. He would have won the hole, but Victor Hovland made an unbelievable about 25-foot putt up the hill, curving, dying in the hole. So uh, Thomas and Spieth get a half, but they don't get the, the win, which they badly needed. So it's a really, really good day for Europe. All right, uh, here we go. We had 25 qualifiers, which is a really good number for us. I think the most we've ever had is 30. But uh, Noah Haynes had a great idea, something I had not thought about. Beginning next week, we're also going to qualify people on the app because what has happened is we – the phone lines get jammed. People start texting me. They start sending me social media messages. And I understand you want to get through. So no explain what will happen when we add the app. You'll be able to actually qualify through that. Uh, yeah. So whenever we have the app, just download our Tide 100.9 app. If you don't already have it, you can send us a message. And just, like, send us a message of uh, the, the, what the answer is. And then we can, we can get those and respond and et cetera. So, yeah, just download our app. You can send us a message on there. Whenever you sign up for it, you have to like, or, or send us a message, you have to put your name in. So that'll be the name that we know you by whenever, if you win on the air. So that's it. All right. So that I had uh, more chances. But again, 25 qualifiers. Uh, all right. The question was, who is the last Mississippi state head coach to post a win against Alabama? We got some Jackie Sherrills in there. I got And it wasn't Jackie, although it was another Alabama Grad and another former Alabama player was Sylvester Croom in 2007, Nick Saban's first year. That was the last time Mississippi State beat Alabama. They've been through Mullen. They've been through, of course, Coach Leach passing away, and now uh, they're on their third head coach, Zach Arnett. But it was Sylvester Croom was the answer. We had 25 qualifiers. Let's roll our roulette wheel for a winner, Justin. Here we go. What number did it stop on? Our winner is. Let me let me check. What number? The name. Tell first. Tell me the number. Yeah, it's like fourteen ish. It's Matthew C. Is our winner. Okay, Matthew C. All right, Matthew. Um, congratulations. 
and I'll get in touch with you. Don't try to come by today. It's just Fridays are not good days. Try to come by to pick it up. But I'll get in touch with you. I've and uh, we'll make arrangements for you to pick it up or um, try to you know do whatever we need to do to get you again this unbelievable beautiful print. And Noah just had the breaking news that we will be adding the app for next week so we can qualify more people because we probably could have qualified 50 or 60 people today. I'm not going to lie to you. But you get that app downloaded to your phone, and if you can't get through on the phone lines, you can get through that way. Also, want to mention uh, another three-digit code with a 30K Workday Payday is coming up at the start of the next hour for your chance to win cash on Tide 100.9. All right, that's going to do it for the program. Congratulations to Matthew C. And... Um, Catch me with my high school football show tonight, Football Friday, 1030 to 1130 on WVUA 23, and, of course, your local news as well. And I'll be in Starkville this weekend. We'll recap the game on Monday. This hour has been brought to you by Patterson Comer Law Firm. Miller's Edge is coming up next. And, of course, remember, uh, Big Noon Sports will be live at the free, and it's free from 12 until 2. Ryan Fowler will take you home from 2 until 6. All right, guys, it's been a busy one, and uh, we're going to close it out. Have a great weekend, everybody, and I'll talk to you again on Monday. Listening to the Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Patterson Comer is dedicated.